Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Sporting 160 EN podcast. We are on episode 128. I am your host for today, Sam Fonseca. Feel free to follow me down there. We have got a very star-studded podcast here today, as well as a lot of controversial topics. But first, before we get into, into anything, we've got the troublemaker himself, Chris. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good, boys. Interesting. I mean, since we've last talked to you guys, just an interesting time at sporting, just the dynamics, the fucking election season, you know it's close because everyone be politicking out here, including me. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, indeed. And lastly, we've got the return of a man we've not seen in a long time. Yeah, well, also, back. yeah, welcome back, Danny. I forgot this is technically your first reappearance. It's been, a, it's, been a, it's been a fun four weeks for me, to be honest. But it's always glad to be – I'm always uh, happy to be back. It's fun being back. I was trying to listen to you guys as much as I can out there, but, you know – Wi-Fi and shit is so hard to get and, and all that, but uh, I mean, you guys have been killing it as always. But yeah, man, glad to be back, bro, talking about our Sporting. And I'm glad to be back in Canada because let me just say, I felt like I was the bad luck out there in Portugal. I went to go see Sporting Porto. We should have won. It was a 1-1. And then I go see Champions League and we get slapped. I was like, fuck that. I'm not watching another game live. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, let's get straight into the topic of conversation. Um, if you don't follow our Twitter, uh, feel free, first of all. Um, but we have had quite a number of responses from not just um, our fans, but people who have just not heard of us before and just wanted to shit on us. So let's go straight <laughs> into it. Yeah, so uh, Chris, I'll leave you to break this one down because I know it, it was a lot of your research gone into it. Um, so feel free to take over and just, just take us through it. Okay, so basically the background of this is last night there was an AG for the SAD, which is like an opportunity for the shareholders to just basically direct their questions at the administration, which they usually don't answer most or any of the important ones. But one of the guys, one of the shareholders, I don't remember his name, he was set to be, he was on, uh, I believe he was on Diaz Fereda's uh finance like he was if Diaz had won in 2018 like he would have been his financial guy um so like obviously like he has his own reasons for opposing verandas i'm guessing maybe they're not the same as ours but i'm guessing he he does presumably he's run against them in the past right um so he came up with this this 22.9 million uh euro number which I think this number is probably accurate if you break down like all the costs that I've broken down um, below. And I can get into why I think some of those numbers are slightly wrong. Um, but I still think that that 22.9 number is right if you want to like think about it this way. Here's the thing. Like when we talk like transfers, you don't always like add in like the salary costs, right? It's like it's not it's not standard. I mean, in some situations, maybe for I'll give an example, like for Spartan. When we were trying to offload like players like Diaby and Bataglia, like the salary was like something that was discussed because it was like the main factor in wanting to move them, right? But like, for example, like no one ever talks about like Coat's salary or Esgayo's salary or Dan's salary because it's like it's not really relevant, you know. Um, so I guess like the main thing that I took out of this is that we paid sixteen point seven million euros for seventy percent of Paulinho's pass. Like that is, that is the figure for the transfer. So if you don't want to take the 20, if you want to throw away the 22.9 because you think it's unfair, 
to add the salary and the cost of not including Borja. You don't want to include the payment of Borja's salary. You don't want to include pulling his signing bonus. You think all that's th- you don't normally don't normally include it, just throw it away. Focus on the 16.7 for seven for 70% number because that's the main number. That's how much we paid for him. And I mean, I think that that's, that's a pretty outrageous uh, sum. We can all agree. We all shit on Paulinho. We've all seen Paulinho's performances lately. Um, why I think the numbers, specifically I think the Sporar number is wrong. Well, I, I think that Sporar's salary is like somewhere between 2.2 and 2.4 million euros a year. He went on loan in January, right? So that number is probably halved. And then the remaining 1.2 um, is is possibly redistributed amongst Borja's salary or uh, pulling a signing bonus. Um, so, yeah, that's that's basically that. This caused a lot of controversy. Um, I think the reason that this caused a lot of controversy is because, like, it's like an overtly political wedge. You know, we have an upcoming election. We have a seemingly vulnerable administration. We have a club record transfer signing who's like a fucking donkey currently. Um, like it's easy. It's it's like easy to drive a wedge, and it's like the first opportunity in a long time to like drive a wedge. So that's why this guy drove the wedge. But there's still a lot of um, you know unanswered questions from the Saudi AG that I think definitely deserve answering. I think as Saucy as a sporting, like we deserve to know like some of this stuff because it kind of gets shuffled under the rug, like us signing a 35 year lease with a parking garage with promise of investment for 6.6 million euros. Like that was them telling us Saucy has never heard anything about that. And most sporting fans will never hear anything about that probably. Right. It's a fucking parking garage, but like, I don't know. It, it matters. Right. So yeah, we'll get more into the politics and the AGs later, but that is my thoughts on the, Polino fucking controversy of October 7th. <laughs> yeah. Um, before I give it to Danny, I'm just going to take over a little bit because, uh, I mean, a lot of them, the comments we got, some of them were fine. Like, some of them were just like, you know, saying that they don't agree with this. But then others saying that we're not really true supportive fans or we've spoken about more about Polino being shit than like winning the title last year. And that's crazy to me because, like, that was last year. It's a new season and we're still undefeated in the league. Okay, but like getting embarrassed by Ajax is is not good. We couldn't beat Familiar Cow. What do you want us to say? Oh, we lost five one to Ajax, but yeah, we won the won the league last year. It's like literally makes no sense. And for people to say like we're not sporting proper sporting fans for supporting Paulinho, it's like we do support Paulinho. We want him to turn it around. That's the thing. You know, we're not shitting on him for no reason. But like we want to try and uh, bring it around, um, Daddy. I don't know if you had any other thoughts on on this at the moment. No, no. The only con- like the only thing to the controversy. I mean, it, it's only funny because it's not like we pulled this number out of thin air. Like we tend to do things off of what the journalists over there say. So I mean, Christian got this number from the Abala cover, and then you know you do your own math to it, and you you just put two and two together. I mean, they're shooting the messenger, which is fine. I mean. You know, we're at, here at Sporting 160 EN, we're not short to controversy. You know, we always have to have at yeah, least one per year. It's, it's not, so it's not a big one. deal. <laughs> yeah. At this it point, keeps, it keeps it interesting, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It keeps it relevant, boys. Like, no, but like, and I'm just shocked to see like how, how many people are defending him, even though like 
I feel like he's like been the black sheep to us. You know what I mean? Like at least my time in Portugal, like there was nobody really like, oh, we have to, you know, defend Paulinho. It's like in the stands, it's, oh my fucking God, Paulinho, why are you passing it there? Just shoot the fucking ball. Uh, Watching it at a nucleo in Porto, it was the same thing. Everybody's just bashing Paulinho. So for us to get this sort of heat online off some numbers that, you know, seem i mean i agree with them but I, I maybe may, who, who's maybe maybe the number was created and exaggerated by a bad faith actor for his own political gain but the reality mm-hmm. of the situation is it's still a fucking absurd transfer why are you getting mad at us for that yeah exactly and it's not that far even if it is a bit absurd it's not that far off and and, and just the main figure like you were saying 16.7 for 70 percent not even the full hundred the club's record transfer that's ridiculous. And he's coming up about the same amount of ga- – I think it was like last week something was tweeted about it or, or some sort of record came out. He almost has as many games as Sporad and hasn't scored as much as Sporad. And Sporad is like notoriously like missing open nets. So – Paulinho has more yellow cards this season than goals. Than goals, he's a striker. yeah. Paulinho has more goals than Paulinho. It's ridiculous. But, but, but it's our fault, Danny. Just just remember that. It's, it's okay. our fault. Look at you started, bro. It's your fault, man. Uh, let's just get on to Twitter questions as well. We got Steph um, asking, um, with Pot coming back, do you think Pot, Sarabi and Paulina could fit into Ruminari's tactical design? I would like to see all three play together. Um, Danny, I'll give that one to you. Um, seeing them live, um, not Pot obviously being injured, but Sarabia, yeah, Paulinho and Nuno Santos, etc. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? I think it can work. I think uh, uh, talking about Paulinho, like one of his strong suits is bringing the play together. So having two, I mean, Sarabia has yet to score for us, but the last game against the Roca was a lot more promising. Um, seeing them, seeing, I mean, and then, and of course we're missing Pot's goals. I think uh, the fit is perfect. Whether we play with three at the back or whether Muring finally plays four at the back, we'll eventually see. I don't, uh, I don't believe it, but um, either or playing a four, three, three or five, two, or a five-three, what is it? A three-four-three, I should say. Uh, either one would work, and I think that once Plot is back and healthy, I think that actually is going to be our our lineup going forward. Yeah, that's fair, uh, Chris. We'll talk about more about um, the actual game, but uh, would you do you think Braganza deserves to still be in a starting lineup? And if so, who would you replace? I mean, I kind of like the idea of. Basically, uh, Saturday or Sunday, I don't, I'm all fucked up. It's, we normally do the pot earlier in the week. I don't even remember what day the game was. Either. I think it was Saturday. It was um, Saturday, yeah. yeah it was Saturday. But replace Paulinho with Pot. And we play with the three mids. You got Nuno Santos on the left. You got Poro on the right. Braganza, Mateus, Paulinho through the middle. Sarabia, Pot up top. Like... I don't know, man. I feel like we should give that a shot. So I think that there's a way, clearly, for Braganza to stay in. Uh, obviously, there's some games. Maybe uh, Mateus Nunes is getting some, uh, you know, maybe some rest because uh, he's been playing a lot. Maybe he'll play for Portugal over the break. Who knows? Maybe he'll get some, you know, pick up some minutes on his legs before the bonus game that other players don't. So I think we actually have a pretty good mix between those two. Maybe we can pair Braganza with Belinga. You compare Braganza with Ugarth, like compare Mateus with Ugarth. You can play with three of them. You can play with Pelinha, Ugarth, and one of Braganza or Mateus. Like I think there's a lot of different combinations. And Nunu Sant being uh, hopefully a liable 
left wing back will be like uh, hopefully like a, a much needed like you know game changer. How, ha- being able to have that left side more solidified and being able to have the three midfielders all together, you know. Yeah, um, a question to both of you, which is um, asked by Steph as well. Um, we've all seen Vinagre has not been up to top form, whether that's lack of fitness or lack of confidence. Um, do you think it's time to bring Nuno Santos in at left wing back or maybe try out Matthews Rice there um, as, a, as a solution for now? Danny, uh, I see you smirking over there. Uh, what are your thoughts? Honestly, okay, for right now, I think the solution is Nuno Santos. The the day or the the performance that like the game that we need uh, a more defensive left side, we should go with Matilda Reich. I, I think he's I think he's convinced me, boys. I think he's 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 definitely the more minutes he's been getting, the more at least acquainted with the team he's been getting. He don't get me wrong, he does have some some smellers and his smellers stink. <laughs> but when he's on, I mean, at least. Maybe it's maybe because he knew I was in Portugal, baby, and he knew he had to defensively. Perform, but, but when he, I was out there, yeah. he was balling. He was balling. Let's call it spade a spade. And Vinagre, yeah, he has re- regressed. I think Vinagre, he needs some confidence. I think maybe you know sitting out a bit might do him might do him well. And then if he comes on one game and he just kills it, I think then we'll see Vinagre really push forward. But well, should uh, we go with him uh, against Bolnes? No, it's, we should go with Nuno Santos. I think, yeah, or Matheus Reis, either or right now. To me, what about one of the young boys, like someone from the uh, the B? Ne- Nazinho, I think, is the main yeah. left yeah. back. Do you think he needs I- to get some burn, or you reckon just keep it with that? I don't know how games? cocky we should play against them. That's the thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. Virginia, you know, probably will play. Like, hope he's not a fucking nightmare. You better you know? play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, last question from um, Paul Rodriguez. Um, Chris, I'll give this one to you. We spoke about it um, briefly, but do you think Ruben Amorini needs to switch formation um, to one of more goal scoring, such as a 4-4-2, 4 3 Do you have any other formations in mind that you think would, would suit Sporting at the moment? I would be curious to see. Uh, I mean, it's, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but maybe like the uh, the three five two would have been better suited in some of these Champions League games rather than the the fourth the three four three. Um, I I truly don't think he's ever going to play four at the back. It seems like he'll change other things, but he doesn't seem to be changing that. He really never has. Like, do you remember even for like a portion of the game? Did sporting has sporting like ever gone to four at the back? Really? Not I think I last season once or twice, but I can't I can't remember. Not recently. It like, if it's like a red card or an injury. Yeah, yeah, like, that doesn't mm, count. Yeah. Mm. It's like not, not, I just, not out of like merit. Like, I think our options are, are three five two or three four three. So, um, it's Bragas isn't great form. So, we got three midfielders, you know, all in pretty good to quite good form. So, uh, let's maximize our our strength, which is like midfield depth. Apparently, it's not forward depth. <laughs> 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 let's let's get straight on to the game then. Um, so we beat uh, Araka two one uh, goals from uh, Matthews Nunes and Nuno Santos respectively. Uh, the lineup was followed: Dan in goal, uh, Esguy, Quartes, Matthews Rice, Pelini, Braganza, Poro, Sarabia, Matthias Nunes, and Paulinho, Luis Neto, Tabata, Thiago Tomas, Jovan Cabral, and Ugarte, who exists apparently, has come uh, came on. Um, Danny, let's start with you. Um, what were your overall thoughts on the game? And, yeah, just what were your overall thoughts? Yeah, uh, uh, 
a, a good game from us, a, a decent response, I should say, to a, a tough one nothing loss in Dortmund. Another away game, Rainy and Vizio. I thought we played well, though. After the one nothing, we kind of went to sleep, which is my biggest issue with, with this Sporting team. Um, their goal kind of came from uh, a counterattack from a corner, which which kind of scares me because if uh, if if they can really if teams like Roca can really capitalize on a counterattack like that, I can only imagine what other teams with with a bit more uh, to their team can do. Um, but overall, I thought a, a, a very good dominating performance. I can't remember now if it was our first or it was definitely our first goal where we just passed it around the back. Of like, I think we had a, a solid like 20 touches. Lucky to score the second goal in the sense did kind of get it from a frangu on uh, the keeper's near side um, through the defender's legs, though, to be fair. So um, but I think we were we were overall the better team. Um, Pauling, though, again, like back on him, another another smeller of a performance. There was one chat specifically that I can remember that. Uh, I mean, it, it probably wouldn't have counted because he was offside, but there was a, it was from a cross that was coming in and he, instead of heads it towards the net, he heads it in an area where it's either Quatch can like tap it in or like it can maybe go in the net, but he's just like in the middle of the two. So it, it just goes out. It's just it's reminding me of like towards the end. We also had of, it on right, right in like the fifth minute, like right in the keeper's face. Yes, from like four yards out. It was a big save from the keeper. Yeah, to be yeah, fair, it was a big save, save from keeper, the keeper. Keeper came out hard, but I mean, it's like you were rooting him. Like if he scores in the fifth minute, like dude, he's got the whole game now of confidence. Exactly. You know? like, and and we see it on the Ajax game the, when he scored the first one. I mean, I only seen the images after, but he could have scored the second one. And if that goes in. If I don't know how, how how you guys saw it, I don't know if it was an offside or not. It looked pretty close to me, but I didn't it's see any so, of the lines. It's, it's if that goes sus. in, in my eyes, it's it's sus. Sus. I agree. If that goes in three two, that's a different ball game. And then Paulinho uh, today, we're probably saying, oh, twenty two point nine or sixteen point seven. That's a fucking bargain. But because it didn't, you know, it is what it is. We but, might not be saying that, but it wouldn't be as easy to drive a wedge into this administration by shitting on them if he was performing scoring, at least exactly. averagely, you know? Exactly. Scoring or at least assisting, you know? Because there are mm-hmm. some Sporting fans that that uh, want to say that Paulinho isn't a striker. So whatever that means. Not sure what he is then. Me neither. A false nine, buddy. A false nine. But anyways, what I'm saying is he, he's reminding me a bit of like towards the end of Bas Dost where we were all frustrated with Bas Dost where, you know, he went from this prolific goal scorer, Bas Dost specifically, because Pauline was never a prolific goal scorer, to a guy that would be in front of the net and passing it back. And it's that's the only frustrating thing with me so far with Pauline was that, you know, one, he's not providing the numbers, but it's just like, Mate, get it together, man. We're, we, you know, have a shot at net or, 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 or be decisive at some point. But who knows? Maybe time will tell and, and hopefully hopefully he'll, he'll, he'll get his act together. Um, aside from that, you know, solid performance from the rest of us. Sarabia finally showing up in this game, which is good. He had another good performance today for Spain, but that's kind of the norm. Uh, Nuno Sanz, uh, we were talking about left back. He looks like he's going to be our left wing back for for at least a few games going forward. So, yeah, my 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 overall thoughts were we were solid and and yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris, uh, on the back of that, I mean, definitely a different formation, a different lineup to what we used to. Rather, um, what were your thoughts, not just on the lineup, but in the game in general? Yeah, I was actually, um, you know, a little. Pretty presently, uh, pleasantly impressed by uh, Aruka, to be honest, or at least 
in this game, they were like efficient in their, you know, chance creating. Um, they easily could have scored. I feel like two, maybe three goals. Like if they're like lightning decisive, you know, uh, and maybe we tie this game. Maybe we even like lose this game on a, it's a rainy night, you know, like crazier things have happened. So, you know, uh, respect to them, to be honest, for this performance. Uh, the Palestinian striker is certainly uh, interesting to say the least. Um, but yeah, uh, we did like right from the get-go jump out right on top. Dude, Sarabia within 20 seconds dribbles like four dudes and has a go and forces a save within 20 seconds. The Polinho chance on like five minutes, another great chance. It's like we're knocking on the door and then in 12 minutes is the goal. So it's like bang, 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 just all sporting. And I'm like, we're good. We're good. Uh, this is going to be like a four nothing. Finally, everyone's going to get on the score sheet and everyone's going to be happy. Uh, but ended up being a little bit trickier than that. Uh, they, after the, uh, after the goal, uh, we, we, I'd say the tide kind of turned maybe like the, the 30th minute. And then for like 10, 15 minutes, they had like, they had like a breakaway, I think. And the guy, put, the Palestinian guy put it wide. And then right at the, right at the start of the second half, that counterattack is, is absolutely devastating. That dude just runs straight through the entire team as Gallo gets absolutely torched. Like it's tough. I mean, the guy's literally running full speed and this guy was just standing still. So he has no chance. Uh, puts in a good cross. It kind of bangs around a little bit. And then the, uh, the guy, the Palestinian guy puts it in like a, with an acrobatic shot. I mean, they kind of deserved the goal. They had like three good chances. Um, that was probably the hardest one to score, but they, they did it. Um, and then pretty much right after that, right. was the new sense goal. And then after that, Ugart comes in and we kind of, you know, clamp it down. I would say, um, and, and Neptu comes in as well. Um, it just kind of shores up and then the, they didn't really, they did like with the initiative for the last, like, I don't know, like 20 minutes or so they didn't really, they had the one like half chance really, but nothing, nothing really. So it's just, it's a, it's a decisive win. Uh, we were efficient again, um, as far as, you know, two expected goals, two goals, um, could have scored more in the first half. It would have been nice, but you know, in the end, did enough. It's a tough win on the road against a, a reasonable team. Like I, from what I saw, I don't expect them to go down. Um, they seem decent enough. You know, they can just get you know maybe a little bit more efficient up top. But like some interesting players. Um, so yeah, the my overall thoughts are: uh, I like the new formation. I like Braganza. Another great game. Um, I almost want to see a game of Thiago Tomas up top from the start so we can evaluate him and just, I mean, he played plenty of games last for us last season, starting playing 90 minutes. Like we were champions. Like it's not that crazy for him to start. Like let's, let's see started, what we can do. Let's see what we can do. With oh he, yeah, you're right. But not, up, but not up top. He played on the wing. Yeah. True. True. I want to see him play up top. What's the worst that could happen? <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, we'll probably see them against Bolognese. Sure. Uh, if they play Pauline for this. They're really like, just trying to get really... the fucking score. Just get a yeah. PK. Everyone just try to get PKs. Play like the, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the PK drawing style. Like Francisco Conce. So everyone's just looking for contact <laughs> in the box at all times. Just, all right, dude, score this. <laughs> 
All right, we're good. We're good. It's resolved. <laughs> he scored. But yeah, wow. got did what we needed to do on the road. Not easy. Made it a little bit more difficult than we needed to, but new new sense, but again, a new formation. Sarabia, good game, assist. I liked it. Yeah, uh, not to piggyback off what you two both have said, but Braganza was phenomenal. Um, I said a few podcasts ago that I think at the moment he's better coming off the bench, and he proved me he proved me wrong. Um, I think he needs to start, especially teams with like a low block and will park the bus like Arocco did. I mean, they had a few um, excellent chances, but a lot of these teams are going to be playing against. They're going to be sort of parking the bus and waiting for us to make a mistake and catch on the counter. And I feel like um, Braganza unlocks a lot of the creativity that we that we we have sort of lacked. Um, another great game from uh, Metish Nunes. I thought he, he played well. Uh, Sarabia included as well. Probably his best performance to date. Uh, we spoke about it earlier, Matthews Rice. I think two solid back-to-back games. Um, I think he's starting to, to sort of find his foot, feet, at least. Uh, I well, Hopefully, I don't jinx it. Um, but I feel like a lot. the team is steadily improving, I think, in all positions. Um, Nuno Santos as well, makeshift left wing back. You know, got the goal. Um, but, but definitely, there's been an improvement on, on Vinagre. Um, Pedro Porro, I thought was was average. There wasn't much to, to to shout about this game, but he can't he can't score a banger every game, or he can't like play phenomenal every game. So that's sixteen fine. successful crosses, shit like that. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what I mean with like creativity. Like we create a lot of chances that are crosses, and that's pretty much it. Braganza is is through balls, um, passing, not much crossing from him, but. I mean, I think this game suited him down to the ground, and I think he needs to start some more. We sort of complained last year, like John Murray was getting minutes over him. We didn't think that should happen. Same with uh, Matus Nunes. I think Polina you can't drop at all because he's Polina. But, um, but yeah, I think even Adan, I got my match from goal point. Um, I can see why. But personally, um, I'm going to give them my match to, to Braganza. Uh, Danny, who are you going to give my match to? Yeah, I, I'll agree with goal point on this one only because there was a few, even though there were somewhat easy chances to save, he still had to be there to save them. And um, I mean, I can't I can't speak enough about it then. I, I know a lot of us are, are, not a lot of us, but I have seen some murmurs around because Luis Max now is doing well and I'm happy for the kid. But, you know, I'm, I'm glad Adan is still keeping it up because if not, then the Polingu situation would also be an Adan situation and, you know, Things can get ugly, but but Adan really kept us in the game. So uh, I'm gonna give him I'm gonna give him man of the match. Yeah, Chris, what about you? Who do you think deserves man of the match? Uh, I'm gonna go. For me, it's between two. I'm gonna go Braganza with a shout out to Sarabia. By far, his best mm-hmm. game. You're on mute. Just a quick shout out, a quick shout out to Matheus Reis, bro. Didn't put a fucking foot wrong this game. Let's go. Cool. <laughs> I saw that six point three on goal point. Don't think I didn't I see notice. that. <laughs> we see you. Uh, I was just going to show you um, the league table. Um, quite a surprise over the weekend. Benfica dropping points to Portimonense, or only dropping points, losing to to Portimonense. Um, let me just get that up for you now. So the only two unbeaten teams in the league are Porto and Sporting. Um, both level on points, but have a better goal difference. Uh, looking at the league table at the moment, Danny, um, obviously I think everyone will say they're surprised that Benfica dropping points, especially to Portimonense. But um, yeah. 
what are you thinking at the, at the moment in terms of league table? Um, who are your favourites still? Uh, I know you, you you had a lot of hate from me when you didn't name us, but um, looking at it now, who do you think uh, the favourites are? They're still my favourites. I won't say their names. They're still my favourites. I think they're still balling this season, but uh, let me just say, good things happen when Benfica lose. You know, Portugal becomes champions of the world when they lose, so uh, long may it continue. Um, but I mean... The surprise shout is Izzy Studio being this high up. I definitely expected them to have a really good season this season. Fresh off being promotion. Fourth. Sorry? Yeah, fresh, fresh off promotion. promotion. Exactly. Yeah. And, a, and, I mean, it was a tough game against them when we did play them in Izzy Studio. So, you know, 15 points, just five points behind Sporting and Porto. They're, look, they're looking really good. Putimines, I mean, they stole three points from Befica. They're up there ahead of Braga, who tied to, to Bovista, if I'm not mistaken, this weekend, 2-2. Two, two. Um, you know, I'm, I'm happy to see Guimarães and Bovista up there. Let's let's hope that they can continue up even further. But, uh, I mean, in terms of my favorites, listen, you, I'm only rooting for one team, but I, I still think they're, they're favorites to win this. With the investment in the past two years and the, the, the manager, the caliber of manager that they have, it, it'd be a sh- it'd be it'd be what's the word I'm looking for? It's not a shame. I mean, it'd be happiness for me. But uh, not a, yeah, I guess it'd be a shock if they didn't win it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm keen to agree. Um, obviously, could never count out Porto in a title race either. But mm-hmm. I, I think for me, Benfica are the favourites. Um, Chris, looking at the table, just the top of the table for now. Um, what are your thoughts going in? What was that? Was that week week five or six we we're on at the moment? Or was that say eight? eight. There we go. Sorry. Can't see that far down. But yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, the Bayfica loss definitely, you know, it's like we're right, we're right there again. I'm, I don't know if they got one shot, one gold, but they, I think they got maybe three shot, one gold. It was damn near, yeah. It was damn near. <laughs> they had about like 20. Yeah. So it's, it's probably a bit unlucky on Bayfica there, but I mean, it, it, that felt like it was coming for us. One of these games, I'm not going to lie. It feels like it maybe a little bit less now after the Aruka game, which was like somewhat more convincing. Uh, I guess the Minitimu game, game wasn't wasn't bad. Yeah, I would say weeks, you know, like one through, you know, five, six, you know. It was it was sus. All the, basically, all of them are by one goal, right? Still, always, always have to do it like that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're keeping pace. Like, it's one point. I mean, obviously, Porto Moniz and Estoril are kind of, you know, interesting. Let's see if they can keep that up. Uh, Petit, my guy Petit, practice canceled for a meeting with the administrators. Yes. <laughs> my guy is probably shitting his pants. In the end, <laughs> got the vote of confidence. And, which, only, uh, which only means he's sacked in like He's on weeks. a short <laughs> leash. He's on a short <laughs> leash. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just looking at Aroca as well, I feel unfair for them to be in 16th the way they've played so far. Like we mentioned, they they'll turn it around. And Santa Clara Loki, yes, I was gonna is say, is in fucking shambles. Their coach just yeah. left. Like all their good players left. Like around the fucking uh, playoff for the Conference League, lost critical players. They're certainly a candidate potentially finishing the bottom three now. I would say, which would be unfortunate. Yeah. What a complete disaster that would be, you know? Yeah, I mean... I'm interested I... to see what, what happens to them. Sorry, Sam. I'm interested to see what happens to them because um, I was actually in San Miguel for six days when I was out there, and they 
one they ride for their for their team, the the the, the Surians out there. So I, I grew a, a bit more of a respect to Santa Clara. And when I was there, they did tie against Braga. But I mean, they had ballers. They have Lincoln. They had uh, the the uh, the lad that left to uh, Saudi Arabia. And now their manager going. Yeah, they're getting they're, raided they're, by they're the Middle East. Their shit together because they were this close for making Conference League, and they're about to pull a Riwav. I think yeah, they I might pull it. Say that. Yeah, honest. that is not. Yeah, they, they're on. They're all literally on the exact trajectory as that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say at the end as well. Fuck Familia Cal. I hope they go down. <laughs> as I said, fuck be sad too. I hope they go too. Yes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Both of them can go down. Santa Clara stay up on that Santa Clara. I the but, two boys that came up, Aruka Vizela. I like them both. I hope they both stay. Fair. And the real up there, yes, the real Vizela Roca. Personally, I mean, with with our history with Roca, I don't mind them going down, but I mean, they can they, they're they're decent, they're decent. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't lose sleep if they if they got relegated though. Yeah. Um. So next game is against uh, the real Benenense, and is it Tassa de Portugal, Tassa de Liga, mm-hmm. which Tassa Portugal? Yep. Yes. Uh. So um. Difficult to give predictions without knowing the the team that we we're going to bring in. Um, we have some players on international duty. Uh, Tiago Tomas, speaker of the devil, scored in a ten nil, I believe it was win eleven. It ended up being eleven. Oh, I stopped watching it. Uh, well, I, I got home and I read it. I didn't even know we were playing. <laughs> yeah, nor did I until someone added me. I think it was Nuno when Tiago Tomas scored. Just went like this one's. Cool. <laughs> I was like, okay. Fair enough, but without knowing like the fitness, and we've seen reports of like the youngsters training with the first team. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? What are you hoping for? Are you hoping more of sort of a rotation, especially with the youngsters, or are you just wanting to go out there and just you know assert dominance? Chris, I'll, I'll give it to you first. Yeah, I think it's probably going to be a mix, uh, not like a full rotation, uh, but um. Like, for example, Inacio, I think, is going to play. And, like, that's not normally a rotation, but in this context it is because he hasn't played. Same with Pot. I'm not sure if you're – I would say Inacio is more likely to start than Pot, but there's a chance they could both start. And those are normally not rotation players, but they're going to be rotation players in this context. And I welcome both of them back. Um, probably going to swap the goalie. Maybe maybe Kawats gets a break. Well, actually, I know Kawats gets a break because he's playing. He's going to be on the Uruguay roster uh, 24 hours before the game. He's going to be in uh, South America, so he's not going to be there. So they're going to have to do it without him. Uh, Inacio Fidal, Ray Sedasio Fidal Neto, maybe, you know, which is, like, not the craziest thing in the world, right? We've done it before. Uh, interesting to see who goes on the left, right? Maybe he gets Vinagre some minutes, chance to get his confidence up. He'll have some, you know, att- definitely – Opportunities to attack. We'll see with the formation he goes. I think Ugarth will probably sub for Palinha. That feels like an obvious one. He's deserved minutes. He's not gotten them basically through no fault of his own. You know, he's what are you, what are you gonna do, right? You're behind the best CDM in Portugal. You know, you're unlucky lad. Um, Bragança, again, rotation player, kind of, but kind of been a starter recently like does he get a break or does he get a chance to, to keep evolving as they do two mids Ugarten and uh um Braganza. and then on the wings we'll see more rotation uh the will probably start um Thiago Tomas might start on the wing or up top uh 
So yeah, I think it's going to be like a healthy mix, and hopefully there's a no Alverca situation uh, occurring. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, Danny, do you have anything to add? Is there anyone who you'd like to see see start against the the real Berlinians? Yeah, no, I I agree with uh, everything that that Chris was saying. I'm just trying to think of maybe if Kalai might start in center back instead of maybe Fidal. I think Fidal might get a rest as well. Um, I'm trying to see the group of youngsters that we tweeted out recently that was with the squad. Um, but anyways, yeah, I think the left. Oh, back... actually, you know what else is a sleeper? Gonzalo Estevez. I, be- yes. I bet. I bet. I bet he plays at some mm. point. I think he might come off the bench. I think he's guy you might yeah. start, but yes, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Um, in terms of everybody that he called up, yeah, I don't see any of the other guys starting, but definitely some some bench players here, like like Bernard Souza, maybe. Um, if we go Zemarsa. up, if we go up a lot. It's fair game for literally anyone, but yeah, um, I assume it will be not like a six nothing or something. I think they're no, they're it'll be enough. a respectable. Yeah, yeah I think it'll be a good. They're a top company, not the Portugal team at this point. Or, uh, you know, they've been multiple promotions in a row. I think they're in the company, not the fourth division now. So, yeah, not, they're not going to just roll over. Um, I think they're I in the third. I could be wrong. but I think No, nah, because it's the new Liga 3, you know. Uh, oh, that's okay. technically the third now. With, like, what so the they're not, in. And they're not so, in there? No, no, they're still oh, okay, they're okay. still below that. They, they had to come up. They had to come up from the fucking... The fucking like rec league, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> I thought they, I thought they had made it up from there, but yeah, I, I can see Jose Marsa making at least the bench, maybe Van du Felix, but I don't think so yet. But yeah, I agree with everything he was saying with uh, what Chris was saying. Um, on the, I'll just, I'll, I'll predict on the wings it'll be Tiago Tumaj, Jovan, which, which isn't like Chris was saying. It's it. He was a starter, but he's more rotation. It might be just to gain some confidence. I want to say Tabata on the other side, but I'm trying to think of the other of another winger we might have. But it he might came be into Tabata. the middle. He came into the middle uh, mm-hmm. against Aduka for what it's worth. But I don't think he plays in the middle unless there's three mids. You know. Yes, that too. But I also just which he might he might play in the middle, and we have Jovan and Tiago Tomaj up top. I just I I I I'm trying to think of a I think Amuring might have him in the middle like to start with Bragança instead of Ugarte because I, I see Amuring really liking him as an eight more than more than as a winger which is crazy to me because I I like Tabata I think every time he's come on he's had some positive moments and he deserves Most to start underrated more, so. he was so underrated last season as just kind of like a Swiss Army knife to come in in like weird yeah. situations and in this season I think he's continuing in that same vein I mean he came on against Dortmund and. He played well. He came on against the Roca, and I thought he did well. So it's just I don't think midfield is his position. I think we're just trying to fit him in somewhere because aside from that, it's like where like in the winger position, like we have Jovan Sarabia, um, uh, um, uh, Nunes can play up there. Like he's like like on the lower end of that list. Sarabia, Sarabia won't play at all. He'll be out. Definitely. Um, I'm just yeah. saying, like, overall depth, he's, like, yeah, fifth yeah. or sixth choice, you know? So Yeah, yeah, for sure. That's why I think he's just trying to plug holes in the middle. But, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have I'll have Tabata on the right wing. Hopefully he starts. I like Tabata. Yeah, uh, just to, to sort of bounce off of that. Uh, the only three players, though, I'd like to see get minutes. Well, I'll say two to start and one to get minutes. I definitely want to see Ugarte start and Bruno Tabata, as we've been saying, whether that's in the middle or on the wing. Um I mean, this is the game to experiment formation, I guess. You're not going to have a better opportunity. No disrespect to, to the real Bellinets or, or anything like that. But, you know, it's it's easier to sort of experiment against the team 
that they are than against an Iraq or Estoril. So yeah, those two, and then I'd like to see Jose Master either start or off mm-hmm. the bench. Um, definitely a lot of hype around the kid. Um, so well, I say kid, I think he's the same age as me. But um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, from from coming from the academy, La Masia and all that shit, you know, definitely comes with not only hype but uh, weight on his shoulders too. Seems to be trusted by Amarim to. He's part of the. He definitely has some sort of like. Uh like verbal promise or handshake promise from Amorim that like he'll be in the first team like very soon, you know? Yeah. And just that's, like, that's to... how we, that's how, like, I'm sure there was multiple, multiple teams probably competing for him. And, you know, we had to, you know, make, make a doffer, you know, like to, to try to, you know, convince him to not go to like Ajax or another, you know, great Academy or something like that. Speaking of Ajax, just to, to come off that point, uh, the game after is uh, Bajikas. I believe I actually lost this weekend. I yep, actually lost one this nil. weekend. Yep. To uh, FC Utrecht, I believe. Yeah, one it yep. was it was Utrecht, yeah. Um but like looking yeah. at the group, you know, Bajikas and us still level on points, but obviously Bajikas got a better goal difference. Um Ajax and Dortmund still on the same the same points. Um but we've got I mean Mathematically, there is 12 points we could pick up because we've got Dor- we've got uh, Bajikas twice, Dortmund and Ajax um, to play still. Out of those 12 possible points, Chris, how many should we be getting and how many do you think we're going to get? So the best case scenario of 12 out of those 12 is, is 10, which is unlikely. But it would be possible. It would be beating Besiktas twice, beating one of the Ajax of Dortmund, and tying the other one. Um, what is most realistic, probably? real Most realistic on the optimistic side. Uh, beating Besiktas once and drawing them, getting four. And then, and then maybe collecting a, a, draw. Po- a point from the remaining two. So five points. And I think that's enough to get third, five points. Especially in the context of only letting Besiktas get, you know, one point from us. Mm-hmm. If we drop a game to Besiktas, dude, it's going to be like fucking the Glizia Warsaw goal difference situation on like the final day. <laughs> and ours isn't good because we caught a fatty. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, it all comes down to these Besiktas games, I think. And then... You know, if Besiktas manages to pull a result against Ajax or Dortmund or something because, like, they feel like they're already through or whatever, that's ass, you know? Maybe we tie both of them and get, you know, like, a four and then so six instead of five. Maybe we beat Besiktas twice. The range is five to eight, I think. Certainly it's lower than five to, is definitely an option, too. But, like... Yeah is that I'm like willing to entertain disaster is lost to Dortmund, lost to Ajax, lost to Besiktas, tied to Besiktas one <laughs> or three, maybe one, Besiktas, one Besiktas win. And then other Besiktas lost Dortmund, lost Ajax lost. And then yeah. watch Besiktas get four and we have three and then we're out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Danny, same question to you. Um, so most realistic I'm, and what yeah. you hope and what you think. I'm hoping uh, like for the bare minimum, I'm hoping at least six points. I'm hoping we can beat them away at home. With that being said, I do realize that Besiktas, they're not an easy feat. They, they've they been in Champions League a lot more than we have. 
they've had these European nights a lot more recently than we have. So um, it's going to be a tough ask, but I think we're capable of it. From what I've seen uh, of, of our group, I mean, Peshkitas don't really have anything going for them. Uh, we just, we were, we were just unfortunate against Ajax. Um, and I think we've learned that lesson as well. I, I see us, I see the way we played against Dortmund. We were a lot more reserved, but I think um, if, if we want anything against Dortmund or even Ajax, we need to play a bit more like a smaller club um, just because we haven't been here that often. But with that being said, yes, I'm hopeful for at least six points. I, I think like Chris, five is like very probable. We can beat Mesquitas, draw away from home, and then draw one of them once at least. Um, I can even see us getting seven points, but but I, six – and I'm and I'm happy. We can lose against Dortmund and Ajax. Just beat Pesquitas twice, and I think we're through to Europa. And, and then from Europa League, we can have a, a decent campaign because there's some good teams in there. Don't get me wrong, but um, we can we can compete with that level a bit more than I think Champions League going to the next round at least. But hopefully six. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, just to add to that, um, in case you weren't aware, it was what aware. Um, if we do finish third, we have to play. We have to play a second place team in Europa to go to technically go into the next round. So we could still get third and crash out anyway. So it's it's gonna oh, be really? difficult either way. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that was this year. It might be next year, but I'm I'm I think it's certain. this year. It might be this year. It might be this year with the conference league. I didn't know that that's what we the uh, they were doing. Interesting. Yeah so it's so like yeah. a playoff it's like a two round or what? No the round of thirty two is now the second Six. place teams and the Champions League teams and the group winners of Europa oh, League are they, already they get a buy to the yes, 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 yes. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, so I'm just thinking, like, for example, if Leicester finish second, they we come against the Leicester. I, I can't name every team in the Europa League, but it still is, will be difficult. But for me, looking at our group at the moment, if, if we lose to Ajitkas at home, that's our competition done for me. Mathematically, obviously, still possible to get even Champions League at that point or even still Europa League. But that will sh absolutely shatter confidence, I think. And we can't if we it. we can't advance. If we lose the next game, we can't advance because there will probably be a team with seven or nine points. Like you're really gonna fucking make yeah. up three games, you know? It's not gonna happen. But but let me ask you guys this then. If we do crash out of Champions League, we come fourth. Um do you guys see that as a silver lining? Like, if we're still in the competition, like, if we're still, like, amongst the, <laughs> like, 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 one last Benfica? Yeah, because I think one of the biggest things from last year is that we weren't in European competition, so we were able to rest. Like, how big of uh, how big of that? We didn't go we far in the Tassa either. We crashed out against Maritimo. I think yeah, in the We won Tassa Liga, though. We did win Tassa Liga. But that, that's only, if you go to the final now, the whole thing is four games. So it's not mm -hmm. even that many anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if we crash out, then there's no other thing as a silver lining for us because look it's at embarrassing. We're part one, bro. Like, it's I embarrassing agree, to crash out, yeah. Like, if he could beat, but well, not beat, they trounced Barcelona. And, like, no disrespect to Ajax Dortmund and Vizicas. I mean, are Barcelona worse than any of those teams at the moment? I think you they can are. Make a case for it, maybe, maybe Dortmund, Ajax. I, I think, I think Ajax slaps this Barcelona, team. yeah. I think they probably do too. Maybe not Pesquitas, but Ajax slaps them as well, I think. I think Ajax is like on the same caliber level as us. They just caught us on a on a really bad day. Yeah, and I, I think our best chance to beat Dortmund was without Haaland. And he's he, mm. like, if all goes well, obviously, he could pick up another injury, but he'll be back for the game against us. 
And, you know, they had other players out, which I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I think Witzel wasn't at full fitness. He came off the bench, I believe. But there was just so many sort of, like, people that just weren't up to full fitness or weren't playing. So I don't think a win, at Dortmund, a win against Dortmund is, is going to happen, unfortunately. I think our best chances are Ajax, because um, I think hopefully the players will be more up for it. It's sort of like a revenge game. Um, and Bajikas, I think... Are probably the I'm not going to say easiest because that's not the word I want to use, but we have the best chance of beating them than beating the other two. But yeah, if we, if we crash out, then I, th- I think it's bad unless we like do a, a treble domestically. It's I bad think. for the coefficient, bad for our finances, it's bad for our reputation. It's just it's bad for many different reasons. Yeah, especially like the manner if we crash out. If imagine if we get spanked by Axe again or Dortmund at home or Bajikas at home, it's just we're gonna look like embarrassments. And if you look at like for example Sheriff who have beaten Real Madrid, and like look at them, like we're better than them. No disrespect again, but like if they can do it, why can't we? Why can't we beat Ajax or? Or dorm in the budget cast, and if if they, I think they're on six points at the moment, uh, Sheriff. So they are, yeah. And it's like Can't no one's asking. It's not like we have PSG, you know. It's like we're these are pro, these are all tier two of the top, you know. Like they're still the tippy top teams, and these to all respect isn't any of them. This isn't Bayern. This isn't PSG. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I would even say like you know the Man United right now, Man City. You know, the, this is the cream of the crop, and we have like the secondary, and we got hammered by one, and we're deservedly beat by the other. We could have we could have stolen a point. I felt I felt that we, stolen. we, we, we got, got a, a point in Dortmund. It would have been a shit house. It would have been ju- justified. But yes, I agree. I agree. It's it's been tough luck for us. It's been it's been a hard pill to swallow. But I think I think our fortunes will change. I don't I don't know about second place, but. I think our fortunes will change. I hope. Yeah. Yeah, I, I hope so as well. But um, that's pretty much done with like the game section of the podcast. Uh, Chris, I know you were speaking about the AG earlier. If you've got anything to add, floor is yours. Okay, yeah. So since uh, since the last pod, I don't even remember at this point. Like The last like week is like a blur, honestly. I think it was October 1st. It was a Thursday night. It was actually, it was, it must have been last week. It must have been last Thursday, maybe the 30th of September. Yeah. I um, think so. Okay. Yeah. So uh, we talked about it. I think our, we did a pod the night before. Um, and we talked about it the four points, the, the financial results from 2019 20, which were rejected at the beginning of last season and then never revoted on again until this last Thursday. The results from this past season and then. What was the other? Uh, the um, I have it up. Oh, the uh, the the budget for this upcoming season. Results from nineteen twenty. Results from twenty twenty one. Budget for twenty one twenty two. And naming of the gates after player names, which has basically already been decided. Apparently, were you at Avalad, Danny? Can you can you attend? You were there. Right? I I was there. I didn't notice. You don't. It wasn't something you're looking for. Yeah, but but yes, there are no different names. I didn't. I you can't didn't see beautiful. You don't remember seeing beautiful Manuel Fernandez smiling. I think face. I did. I think I did. <laughs> I can't remember who else. I remember seeing Pirutei at least. I can't yeah, remember everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. So it's basically already done. But it was voted yeah, it on is. and it was approved. It was the only thing of the three that were approved. The other three things, the financial related points, were all rejected. 
and that honestly, like that was like it sent a shockwave through like the sporting world. I would say that result. Um, the spin zone after from the Verandas crew, like obviously this is now like a, a throwback because this was like, like last week. I feel like the, each day feels like a fucking eternity. So many things happen on each day on Twitter. It's like three days. It's like so, oh my god, that fucking thing we were talking about three days ago feels like you know three years ago. So last week feels like so long ago. But so Verandas has an AG Thursday night at six o'clock. Okay. The reason for that is he's trying to kind of depress the turnout. He's just trying to shit house a one nothing. You know, he's just trying to shit house a fifty one percent. He doesn't give a fuck. He knows it was rejected last year. He stalled it for over a year, and he's been like dreading this. He's just trying to shit house his way through. And obviously, he thought that he could. And he, everyone was surprised when. So the 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 results are. Uh, 63% against, 36% for, 58% against, 42% for, 58% against, 42% for, and then on the one that passed, 58% for, 42% against. Um, so, I mean, like a reasonable-sized win. There were 700 voters, which was low, obviously. There's been AGs sporting with like 200, 400 voters, so it's not unprecedented to have super low turnout, stuff like this. Especially if you're having on a Thursday night, you're low-key – uh, trying to do that, as we just talked about. So the next day, after he catches the fat L, he has to show his face a little bit and kind of, um, you know, he can't just hide. I guess he could just hide, but it would be a little embarrassing and obvious what's going on. So he comes out thundering that this is only because of a small minority of fans, you know, 1% maniacs are just trying to obstruct everything that he does. Um and that that's the reason why the only reason why it failed is because there's a, a small minority. It's the tiniest fraction of, of absolute maniacs that just hate me. <laughs> so if my man is concerned about so few people, if there's just the, the t- there's just a tiny, tiny minority that is against you, why don't you just have it on, you know, a game day or a Saturday on a weekend, not even, not even a game day, just a weekend, a day that's accessible to everyone. If there's just these a couple hundred people that are against you, um, just some food for thought on that one. And obviously, he's the new AG is the 23rd, the day of the Morenes game. So you can you can schedule them for game days. You can schedule them for the weekends, as you're now demonstrating, because now he can't do it again now, because he knows if he does that again, he's just going to have the same thing. So he has to open it up now more, and there'll certainly be a larger turnout. Like, it'll probably be like 8,000, 9,000, something like that. Like, it's not going to be insane, but much larger vote share. So we're really going to get a sense for like the pulse of Sporting East, the nation and the future of, of Verandas, I think on the 23rd when he'll try to repass these three points again. Um, the, 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 if you've sensed like a, a change in wins, uh, it's not just you. Uh, it's real. Um, like the, the results getting uh, declined, basically like, injected life into the non-existent it's still not a coordinated opposition in any way but the ragtag opposition that existed it was galvanized by this result um as socios now we have very little way to have our voice heard um you know no one we didn't vote on the 35 year lease on the parking lot 
Maybe it would have got approved if it went out for a vote, but we didn't have a say, and they would have a say in shit. They just do whatever they want, and then they tell us after the fact. Sometimes they don't even tell us, and we, like, find out through, like, internet sleuths what's happening, you know? Um, so, like, one of the few ways we can have our say is to just, in these AGs, the the, the rare occasions that they come up to, to voice our displeasure. And um, another critique that I want to... Um, acknowledge because it might seem reasonable on its face like oh rejecting the uh rejecting the financial results which already happened it hasn't like that's not how you oppose this president like this has nothing to do with that these two things aren't related um even if i grant you that point which i don't even think is true because i think the financial health of the club the club's sustainability the club's infrastructure is equally as important as the financial or as the, the sporting results, because if there's no financial stability, there's no structure, there's no management, there is no sports teams, there is no sports results. So I think they're important and I think they should be analyzed separately. Um, so they say, you know, the, the, these financial results don't mean anything. If anything, this is the great season for modalities, a great season for the football team, two trophies, the league title after so long, you know, what, what are we doing rejecting these, uh, uh, results. It has nothing to do with opposing the president. And the, the reason, the reason is, is because it's one of the few things that we can have a say in. We can do this. Like it's an overt political action, but it's also an overt political action to have it on a Thursday night and just try to shit house the results. So if people politic back at you and after you tried to, you know, do your fucking Weasley thing, I mean, it's just kind of expected. And yeah, you can hate this, the dirty politics, the people doing the calculator math, coming out with 22.9 because they're adding the salary. They're adding, by the, paying for Borja's salary after we sold him. I mean, it is kind of crazy, right? But it's not that much money in the grand scheme of things. So if you think that's Weasley or whatever, I get it. It's fucking politics, right? But um, yeah, that, that, that's pretty much my analysis of it all. Um, yeah, I mean, if you have questions, obviously, you can DM me um, always. You can DM the Sporting 160 account, my personal account. Um, I try to follow this stuff pretty closely, and obviously, it's been like a contentious, you know, week or so, and it'll, spoiler alert, it's going to stay this way until the 23rd, until after that AG. Um, and let me tell you, if he, if the AG, if he, if the three points get rejected again, I think Sporting has anticipated elections there will be elections before March because he can't pass the damn budget. That's basically like a triple vote of no confidence. I mean, he has to, you know, he has to stand for elections at that point, I think. And maybe we'll have elections in like December or January rather than, than March or April. I won't even say anticipated elections. I think it'll still go out in March or May, whenever it's supposed to be. I just think the, and I think it's perfect opportunity. If he does get it rejected again, that's when we'll finally have an opposition. Maybe Juan Benedito will come from the dead and and, and say something, or Someone uh, will Bruno Mascarenhas, like we had on earlier, and this this opposition. He, it won't be him. Party. It won't be him. It Not him specifically, him. Yeah. but a team maybe involving him. Like I'm trying to find the the, the words he was saying. Like somebody, um, a, basically, I think a team like maybe Carlos Vieira, somebody like that, will finally yeah. come out from the wind and start now. Saying, and we'll have a name. Behind, wanna, there'll, be a, there'll be a person that's rallying people, and there'll be a name behind exactly. it. Rather than there'll just be a like, face to the party, yeah. Yes, Rather than just you, this this air of opposition rage. that you're blind, saying. blind yeah. rage, rage that we don't exactly know where to direct, but we know we have it. You know, so exactly. yeah. And, and obviously, if it passes, 
he is he's saved certainly until March, and it's going to tamper down the opposition, and he he'll probably probably cruise the probably cruise the reelection, um, unless obviously he chooses not to run for some reason, but. Uh, or the sporting results, uh, as in Bola no Entra gets like so bad, sporting starts tanking or something, then something crazy like that, you know. But, you know, barring just, you know, the normal, we stay in the title race, maybe we're in first, maybe we're in third, but like two points off, he'll be fine, you know. Um, so, yeah, the AG on the 23rd is, is going to be huge. Um, there's like people say, I mean, it's partially true. It, there's precedent for it, you know. There's going to be a lot of free tickets for the nucleus for the, for this game, you know. Uh, there's not too many free tickets offered up, but you know, before the AG, let's get these, let's get these old heads to the big game, you know, file them in with some free tickets and a, and a, and a lunch or something, you know, uh, but that's politics too. The whole thing's politics. So us politicking, them politicking, everyone's politicking. It's election season. It's, it's like, we're, we're, we're riding up to like a massive vote, um, both sides, are seemingly energized, I guess. The opposition's energized. The people that want to defend this man is are energized, I guess. So I don't know what to expect. I Maybe it'll just be a blowout for Verandas. Who knows? Who knows? It's going to be like the ultimate pulse check, I think. So yeah. looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, good stuff on that, Christian. Thank you, as always. Um, just got two quick things I want to share, which I have come across on Twitter. One was this morning, which I'll get to first and i thought it was just a cool video to be fair um brilliant value out in a club <laughs> I see like, this. Li- living yeah, when that life. beat drops dude he jeez i'm glad Yo. he's having a good time but it is it, i mean so it, it's a it's a cheap shot right obviously mm-hmm. but like does this make me think any differently of him like no. no, I was doing the same thing literally like four days ago like who cares? I was about to say bro <laughs> I went to a this is a random story, but I went I went to San Miguel. I I stepped foot into the hotel that me and my two cousins were staying at. The first thing my guy at the front desk was showing us was the four fucking discotheques open. <laughs> you think I wasn't this fucking like lit fucking two a week ago? I was. Man. The most so, sucks part of it. Mean, up, buddy. He, he chose Urban Beach. He chose Urban Beach. That's the only. I mean. I hear the reputation is amazing. It's pretty I wish sus I there. Yeah, it's a place that doesn't have the greatest reputation. But, I mean, if they invited <laughs> him to be a VIP, fuck Why it. If, if they invite me to be a VIP, I'd go. I've like, kind of sworn that place off. But if they invited me to be a VIP, I'd go. My only regret from my Portugal trip was not going to Woodabin. <laughs> only regret. Yeah, I mean, I was just gonna add, just like like uh, Philippe said, just just let him have fun. Like if he's, he's living his, his best life, and you know, if he's done with sporting and politics, you know, fair play, I can see why. Like just, just he him. isn't though. Like, I, I mean, not from what we heard from him, at least. I don't think he is. It's I so mean, yeah. hard for him because they do this shit to him, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They harass like, who, him outside of his house and shit. Who records someone in a club like? dancing like i understand like he's sort of a, a celebrity or like a well-known figure but that's just so weird to me like, to be fair I'm, he is a celebrity out there so that's probably it's why cl- it's a cloud chasing that's like a cloud yeah. chasing mentality they know the video is gonna pop off you know it's it's easy to understand why they know that yeah. it's so obvious you know and to be yeah. fair if i saw this exact video of verandas i would I might, think I better of him i would think more <laughs> highly of him because i'd be like yeah. 
he's not a robot. Like he's living, he's having fun. He's without with his friends, having drinks, like partying with the people. I mean, we did see him <laughs> out in New York. I mean, you saw, I I was, I came too late. Not the vibe though. Ride. I'm like, that atmosphere is like the Fair fucking enough. boom, 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 you know? Yeah. <laughs> all, all I want to quickly say as well, uh, I, I'm, I'm even from the controversy we got today, I'm glad that at least like there's more of an open dialogue with Veranda supporters or because anti verandas has always been there. It's just the Veranda supporters are finally here. You know what I mean? And it, it's been and I'm, it's not a dig or anything. I'm just saying in terms of like a year ago, you know, people weren't openly supporting verandas. You know, maybe they were criticizing Instead of openly supporting Verandas, it would be, oh, you're just a Brunista. It wouldn't be like Verandas is doing this, this, and that. At least now it's like there's a decent argument between the two parties, between the anti-Verandas in his administration because of X, Y, and Z, and now at least the Verandas supporters in his administration can at least say, you know, we won a league title. Last year we had the best year in terms of all our, our sports. We won European competitions, you know what I mean? So it's good to have this debate. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm low-key even happy that – we're going into this next election with with not knowing what to expect. Maybe predict. I think Verandas will win. I think this upcoming vote, Verandas is getting everything. It's the most likely outcome, but it's no longer a guaranteed certainty, right? Exactly. Exactly. So it's good to see at least. It's, it's healthy to have this sort of debate rather than it being all doom and gloom or rather than it being like we have a president that's our messiah you know what i mean it, it, i i I'm, I'm at least happy that this is this is going on yeah i was just gonna say um pretty much to rich point is like uh if you want to support randis it's fine like i'm not going to insult you i'm not going to think less of you like it's your opinion at the end of the day people have different ways on whether it's a, a country or a club or anything everyone has different opinions mm -hmm. on how it should be run if you want to support verandas or you support bruno or i don't know I mean, if you wanted to support someone like Sosa Sintra, that's a little sus, but like, I mean, like, it's uh, your opinion. At the end of the who's day. the banker? Uh, Ricciardi. Yeah, Ricciardi. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, last thing uh, I just wanted to share was just sent to me a few seconds ago. I'll get it up there. Like, I mean, I can't really add much to it, but I mean... My boy, well, it's been hard to defend him this year still, but my boy. He's getting positive, positive media profiles in Italy. Bruh, <laughs> he scores one goal on an 11-0 win, and everybody loses their fucking minds. <laughs> is, is it a banger? I didn't see it. I, I don't I know. It, I don't even know if when he scored, if it was like <laughs> after the 9-0 of the first half or before. Like the, no the whole team is very sporting light these days with the Inacio mm -hmm. injury with Braganza ineligible. Who else is it besides Tomas even? I think it's just Tomas. Is it just yeah, Tomas now? For this round yeah. at least? Oh, he scored the 10 nothing too. Like the game was already done. <laughs> but yeah, like I mean. I always maintain that I'm I'm still right about Taylor Thomas. Like I always said that he has potential to be good, but right now he's not very good. It's yeah. not a knock on him. That's just how it is. Like I mean, he can improve and he probably will at the moment. He is on the younger no, side I'm out of him. all of them. Like he's 19, right? Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And like I mean, he started off like well. Like we scored, he scored against um, Aberdeen and Lask and. It was like shit. This kid he scored some goals last season. He's he's. I think he's, he had like five or six. Yeah, he got he's he got in there and scored a couple. 
I remember he scored the winner against Bulnes Sad at the Jamord, if I remember correctly. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, he scored some goals. I think we were leading at last when he scored as well. It was 1 0, and then it went shit after that. But, <laughs> but like, I mean, it, I, what I don't like about sporting at the moment, and like, this has always been like, if Thiago Thomas played for Benfica or Porto, he'd be gone. Like, look at what Porto did for, for that youngster went to Wolves, which I, it's either Fabio Vieira or Fabio Silva. I think it's Fabio Silva. Oh, 40 yeah. million. And he didn't even like play like that many games. Or like, um, even like Darwin, I know Thiago Thomas isn't on the same level, but he's being linked to Barcelona, Man City, Man United. It's like, why can't we have that with like Thiago Tomas or like <laughs> any other player in our academy? Yo, to be fair, <laughs> yeah. to be fair, dude, now that I'm thinking about it, Thiago Tomas's agent has done a pretty good job. He got him the Arsenal link. <laughs> he, got, he got the next Ronaldo. He knows someone at Tuto Sport because remember there was the next Ronaldo story. Yeah. And he even he when we now when another one me. in Tuto Sport. They know a fucking journalist at Tuto Sport, and they are they're doing what they can. Respect. In terms of the next Ronaldo, <laughs> remember when they were playing with like the uh, like the old school players, but that number like he was number fifty seven, but yep, he had Ronaldo yeah, he, in the yeah, back. Had Ronaldo fifty two. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, yeah the, awesome. No, but uh, in terms of uh, Fabio Silva. I agree with you, Sam, because Fabio Silva was solely <coughs> sold for forty million or whatever it was because he was crazy at FM. And oh, let me tell you firsthand, Tiak Tumaj is also crazy at FM. Like, come on, Sporting, what are we doing, man? No, but honestly, if this, as was, president, if this was FM, he'd having he'd be having so much growth this season more than he has shown, right? Because like, mm -hmm. got in a team. We're champion, like got a lot of minutes. You know, he'd naturally like keep evolving if this was FM. You know, but he seems a little stagnated right now. Here's the thing with Tiak Tumaj, as the president of Tiak Tumaj fan club, uh, <laughs> as you guys well know. We'll I, I think, I, <laughs> I think he's he's one of two things. He's he's been he's been uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like he, he he's because of Paulinho's constant playing, he's been a little he he hasn't been utilized as much as he should. Because I don't think he's a right winger. I do think he can play center forward as well. He has the pace for to run behind defenders. It's just the way we're currently playing with Paulinho. Our center forward isn't playing behind the, Yo, he's behind the defenders. Key. They're if playing we, more in. Not to interrupt, but if we play three no, no, five no, 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 no. two, if we play three five two, he's yes. much better served as as Agreed. paired with Pop, paired with Sarabia up there than rather the 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 lone man in a three four Even, three. Even paired with Paulinho, because when we did play Dortmund, even though he could even, yeah, even do that, but he was there. He was there with Paulinho, and he could have. He in the first half, if I'm not mistaken, there was a chance that if Paulinho gets the pass correctly, I think Tiago Tomaj, if he doesn't score, he at least has about. a target yeah. on net. Yeah. So it, it's it, he he he's been a victim of of Paulinho's price tag because if Paulinho doesn't get paid as much as he is, or if the price tag wasn't as high, I don't Way think there's an, as much him, as yeah. an urgency to play him as much. That's one. But two, and I got to agree now more with Sam that he was saying last season and, and it continues this season. Every time he has come on, any bright spot that there's been has been very few and far between. So with Tiak Tumaj, it's, it's the, this, this season is a big one for him in terms of his growth because he has to grow from not playing. And he has to finally – he's young, though. That's the problem, though. But he, he, has to, he has to have a game where when he comes off the bench – He's electric and he actually makes the difference and he takes his chance. And then maybe we can have, we can start having that shout of 
you know, Tiago Tomaj can start or, or Tiago Tomaj is actually a baller or we want to sell Tiago Tomaj at least 25, 30 million sort of price tag. Right now, it's gone quiet for him because he hasn't been playing and when he has played, he hasn't been impressive. I, I have to admit, it, it hurts to say, but uh, Tiago, bro, I'm pulling for you, buddy. One one top performance, and I'm fucking giving Sam shit We're on this podcast. We're pulling for all these guys. Vinagre. Of course, uh, of course. Rage. Race, I think our energy alone has made Rage uh, fucking incredible. We player. are happy for you all to keep improving. We want you to. Like, Yeah, facts, facts, facts. But it, the only thing that sort of annoys me about it, and like, I don't hate the kids. That is not the, the issue. It's like people, people are like he's only 19. It's like, well, look at Inacio and Nuno Mendes and all mm-hmm. these players who are the same age and have literally not put a foot wrong. And I know striker's different to defend. But Agassi like, is kind of a late bloomer in the sense that he's 22, right? So, but yeah. 19, but, but it, 20, 21, like you, it feels it's, I mean, it, yeah, to be fair. It's, he's not a lost cause yet, but like he is no, getting. No. He's not. He's not. He shouldn't be with the under twenty threes or something like that. Yeah, agreed. And, I, and with Bragança, he at least had a loan in his studio. Maybe not sure. at nineteen, but at twenty, where yeah. we were like, "Whoa, this kid is fucking next level." But it's but, like, uh, what's if he continues on the current trajectory? Like he's he's probably closer to a loan next year. Yeah. Then you know, or staying, January, you know, which would be a step back. You know, obviously mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. That's what I was just about to say. Instead, I always thought instead of learning out um, Pedro Marx, it should be Tiago Tomas because, like, I mean, I think Pedro Marx is slightly older if it's like one or two years even, or they might even be the same age. But I feel like Pedro Marx is even more Pedro Marx has like some experience abroad, right? Yeah, um, he played in Netherlands for a little bit. Yeah. Last year he did well as you'll be oh, saying. Yeah, this he's, year he's, he's kind 23. of gone. He's twenty three. He's like Bragança's age. Yeah. yeah. This year he's kind of gone quiet, but like Sam was saying, it's. Family count, so yeah, but it's also like if like at Charisma, I know he's not been fantastic for Tondela. That's the experience that he needed because mm-hmm. he's, he's no good just sitting off the bench and coming on. The mm-hmm. same for Tiago Tomas. Like if we loan him to like a maybe not a familiar cow, but like a, a Tondela or I don't know, even a Rocker coming up or Estoril, any any team like that, I felt like would probably be better for his development and he probably would shine more than like Danny said with Paulinho and even with Spora, because you have to remember. When Sporar was still here, he was still sort of the big expensive buy. Then obviously he sort of went south and he got out to Braga. But I mean, it's difficult. It's difficult what to say because obviously I'm not the kid. I'm not Amarim. I don't know what to do. But like, I mean, you just got got to trust him at the end of the day. But like, let's let's hope he does get that big move. Like, even if it's now or or in a few years. Like, I mean, we know what we are. We need money. We need to sell players. 30 million for Tiago Tomas in the future, sure. Like 40 million, 2025. Yeah. But but for that, he has to start performing. And right now, he, if if we're lucky, he gets a 15 million George Mintz. Even a guy like Jovan, who is maybe on the precipice yes. of a 15 or 20, it, it seems inconceivable now that someone would pay 15 or 20 for him, just in his current form, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just to answer Rich's question, yeah. yes, he, he has scored. Why? There was that. There was that He's only scored picture. one. I've been tracking this like a fucking hawk. <laughs> <laughs> he has like seven apps, one goal. It's it's not ideal, boys. It could be better. <laughs> Did you see his Instagram post where it was like celebrating all the fans? And the, and the angle he took was just like no fans in this thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
But yeah, uh, Chris, I don't know if you had any modalities news uh, ready. Um, yeah, I didn't prepare it, so I'm going to uh, be freeballing it a little bit. So since the last pod, basketball opened the season and had two games. They've had two games. I don't remember who they beat in the first game, but they beat Ilya, Ilya Bomb, Klub Ilya Bomb, the Portuguese uh, LA Lakers, uh, purple and yellow, I think I think it's them. <laughs> uh, they beat the Portuguese Lakers by like 20. So basketball team's 2-0. Futsal, a bunch of our boys, six of them, uh, I think, right, won the Futsal yeah. World Cup, and then uh, they got bronze, and then they won the Stromp or uh, Super. I think it's the Trophy of Stromp, which is like the first uh, you know trophy of the the preseason. Um, goalball women, European champions. They played the final four and they won the semi and the final over the weekend. So shout out to them. Uh, handball, I believe, won after their European qualification, and we got drawn into a group. Basketball also got drawn into a group for their Euro League, which will start next Wednesday is their first game. They'll be every Wednesday after that. We have two Belgian teams in our group, so a lot of Belgian action we'll be getting, what's, I guess. What's the um, – like, I know the Champions League is the top. What's this one? Like, maybe third? Like I think it's fourth. League? I think it's fourth. fourth. So basketball Champions League, which we were trying to qualify for and crashed out of, was third, and mm-hmm. then we went down. So, yeah. It would be like if there was a, a, a conference conference league or something. Got it. But to be <laughs> fair, I guess maybe, no. There is like there is a lot. They do play um, competitive basketball out in Eastern Europe in the same way that, like, yeah. the, the Champions League, you know, Every now and again, you get a share for a red star, makes a run or whatever. But like the Eastern European basketball teams are very good. And then, you know, like the yeah. French, the Spanish, they're all very good too. So a lot of good teams all across all of Europe. So um, explains why there's so many competition. Um, uh, I believe the, I believe the roller hockey tied their first game. Um, or maybe it wasn't their first game, but regardless, roller hockey drew ladies football drew. B team won. Gonzalo Esdeves scored, as well as it wasn't a Sugu. Sugu might have had a sister too. Another player. Oh, uh, Jenny Katamu. Um, another player who's been always practicing with the B- with the first team. Um, you know, would be a candidate. Sat on the bench in like the Champions League. I think he sat on the bench a bunch. He's maybe made one or two appearances. Um, so I and Sugu played pretty well apparently. So that's good to see. Um, Estevez, Asugo, Katamu all playing well and getting it done for the B team. Uh, U17s won 2-0 or 3-0 against Portimones. The I don't know the U23 result off the top of my head. Um, and futsal, handball, hockey, goalball. I, I feel like the U23 might have lost, if I'm not mistaken. I know one of them lost. Which one lost to Befica? Was it the B team? That, that might have been the U23, actually. Yeah, I think someone, it was the U23. Yeah, someone lost to Befica. That's right. Um, and, yeah, I think that's pretty much it that I can recall off the top of my head. Those are the main ones. Those are the modalities that I mostly follow. You know, the I don't know the volleyball result, if there was a volleyball game. That's like the – one of the big four or five pavilion sports that I don't really follow that closely. So sorry, volleyball fans. There's a brand new page, Sporting CP Volleyball. If you're into that, definitely follow them. Yeah. Uh, thank you as always for that. Um, unless you two have any other things to add, I think we might wrap it up there. Have you got anything else to add? 
I just have a, a quick shout outs to Lauren, who I met out there in, in Lisbon, and we went to the museum. Shout out you, Lauren. Long time coming. And Kevin, who I met him at the I met him at the Porto game, but then I also the man him the at meme the himself. He became a meme, <laughs> <laughs> which was sick. And then lastly, a quick shout out to uh, Marco Butello. I don't know if he's on Twitter. I know he's on Instagram. Him and his dad, mainly his dad, watched the podcast. So shout out to Mr. Butello. And when I, I when I went out to San Miguel, he was like messaging me right away, bro. Where are you at? Where are you at? So shout out to Marco. Um, that's pretty much it, man. In Portugal, I miss you. I love you. The espresso shots. I'm like dying without you right now. I bought some super box on my way. Not sponsored, but if you want to sponsor us by <coughs> by all means. I had to buy some super box just because I was missing the country like that. I was missing the Finuj and the and the Minij, but it was a sick trip. And uh, next time I go to Portugal, I hope I don't catch another 5-1 because uh, if it's a 5-1, at least go, you know, sporting. Because it doesn't get worse than a 5-1 at home. It's, it's Buddy. Really, they really don't get worse than that. Man, I went to go see the Porto. <laughs> Could have been right. When we should have won. When we should have won, it was a 1-1. We all walked out of the stadium like – like in sorrow, like fuck. I can't believe we like tied that game. And then the five one, I thought we were about to like us Spartan fans were about to like slit our wrists like all together <laughs> in unison. I'm not gonna lie. Like it was it was it was cool because you know we ended up applauding the, the team and like the atmosphere was just amazing. Like I'm so used to now TFC that I forget the European atmospheres. But like just walking out in like absolute dis like dismay, it was it was it was sad. But a sick experience. And that's all. And I'm glad to be back, boys. Glad to be back. I have right. one one more politics thing that I just thought of. I'm just just reading through my notes. There's one thing I want to talk about from the sad AG last night. Mm. Uh, Verandes dropped uh, court cases against his own brother and Gudinho Lopes that were brought by the Bruno Carvalho administration for the reason of them being too costly. Um, one seems like a conflict of interest. Two, if the court proceedings against Gudinho Lopes and your brother are too costly, Rafael Leon, mm -hmm. Ruben Ribeiro, João Mario. Three very important court cases for the club. I hope those aren't too costly. Last thing. Yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> my job, yeah. um, we will probably be back, I assume, after the Bajikas game. I don't think Benalins, no offence to them, deserve their own podcast, especially Tasta to Portugal. Game, so it'll probably be uh, a mixture of the two. Thank you, um, Chris and Danny. As always, let me just get your Twitter handles up. If you want to follow Chris, there uh, is his at. Uh, same for Danny, and of course, same for me. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and we shall see you soon. Peace. <laughs>